0: Welcome back to Holistic Finance. I am your host, Ryan Burklow. With me as always is Alexander Collins. And on today's episode, we're gonna talk about the three elements that we think will help you get financial success. Let's dive into the the topic here. I I think, for me personally, and maybe I'm extremely biased, I think Alex is too when it comes to this sometimes, is I think we're we're gonna like this episode a lot. (laughs) Um, so three elements of financial success right so what we think is the the financial success is the process of learning really what's important to you and I'll say and your spouse because that's that's a key ingredient there (laughs) for for sure. sure applying those values to your world your financial world and then lastly being okay with it
1: Yeah. And that, that last one's probably going to challenge a few people. We really, it's it's one of those things where we get to define what success is for ourselves. And the the sooner that we can get to that realization,
0: the happier we're all going to be. Yep. So let's, let's go to the part one here, right? Right. What's important to you and your spouse? This might be the biggest, I'll I'll speak for myself. When Diane and I had this meeting, which I think a lot of married couples never have this meeting. If they have it, it's very high level and it never gets into the weeds. And that conversation really went something like, okay, what is it that we're trying to build knowing it's going to change. (laughs) If you would have told me as a 20, was I was 2014. So I would have been turning 24 that year. So if you'd have told a 24 year old, what, like what's important to you versus what's important to me now as almost a 42 year old, all right, you got to have your dates wrong there, man. 2004. You... Sorry, okay. I said 2014. <laughs> I got married in 2004, hon. I promise I, I remember. <laughs> um, 2004. Thanks, Alex. We didn't have that conversation then, but we did have that conversation probably about a decade ago, like a serious conversation. And that conversation, is around like what is it that's important to us and at that time like we had we had very young kids right and so we sat down and we said okay what what is it that we truly value and it really came down to we value our family we value experiences not things and we really 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 wanted to have a home that is I'll call it island bound if you will kind of that tropical in a tropical type of climate, because we wanted a place where our family could come visit us, stay with us, essentially kind of get a free vacation because lodging is an expensive part of vacations. And we went into more details of that. Like, what does that really mean? So what, what do we mean by family? Well, we meant by family of making sure that we're raising our kids to be productive members of society, with high ethical ethics that are willing to work their butts off to get there. Wait, and let me get this straight. That was 2014? Um, probably 2010.
1: Oh, okay. I was, I was going to be, I was, it was really going to mean something to me if it was 2014. <laughs> Cause like I was going to come back with, well, the first thing you decided to do was partner with me. Oh, I feel honored. No, that almost went against our
0: ethic. I no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so like that was six years into our marriage, 2010. Right before that, we were, we kind of had, we were raised very similar. So I, I think we, we didn't have a hard time having that conversation where I think a lot of spouses, they may have not been raised very similar. That's a harder conversation because you're bringing a lot of, I'll call it baggage. There's a lot of experiences that may be different from one another. Alex is raising your hand just in case people can't hear the wind (laughs) with him waving. Uh, we'll, We'll get there. And I just think that conversation was huge for us while we still like, don't get me wrong. We still bought stuff that we shouldn't have bought, but we didn't buy nearly as many things as we shouldn't have. And as we've gotten older, we hold more to that than ever before, like with experiences and right. Like we didn't buy the flashy Mercedes, or the, right, the higher-end car early. Right. Like my wife drove a Dodge Grand Caravan. Could we have bought the car that we have now? Probably. Would it have been financially smart? Absolutely not. Oh, wow, for sure. And it, it, so Heather
1: and I came from decently different backgrounds, and that's actually been one of the challenges that we've had is trying to like figure out how do we come together on a lot of this stuff and like some of the things that that she brought with her have been awesome and amazing and godsend and some of the things that i've pushed her on have been awesome and amazing and like really allowed us to have a better life but it's just it's still amazing how big of a difference like her childhood versus my childhood were like, for example, we were like my, I've got a cousin who just recently got engaged and they're doing a destination wedding in Hawaii. And so like we talked about like, and started the conversation around like, okay, are we going to go to this? And if so, what's that look like? It's not going to be until March of next year. And Heather's response was, okay, if it fits and falls in line with Spring break absolutely will go, and if not, maybe. And to me, it was just like, oh, okay. Well, I never had a, an issue missing school growing up. Like family vacations were always like, hey, we're gonna take you out of school, and like this is just a different way to learn. And Heather pretty much never missed a day of school ever, and and so it's it's like that that type of culture clash. That we're talking about here now that happens to be with education but it also applies somewhat to finances of like where you take your vacations when you take your vacations how you take your vacation
0: much you put on credit cards yeah i think right? that's that was also how something much should the vacation cost given the income that's coming in the door no for sure and that was something that was just
1: massively different between the two of us like when heather like when when we first got married I had some credit card debt because in my family, that was not taboo. It was just kind of how things were. And that was not at all how things were done in her family. And so like the first, like, I don't know, five, six months of our marriage were like getting us out of credit card debt. And like, it's, it was a challenge, but Oh my God, am I thankful that she like brought that to the table because It's just one of those things that it was ingrained in me and I knew how detrimental it was like intellectually, but I had no idea how detrimental it was like psychologically and emotionally, especially for her. it was damaging somewhat for me. It was like crushing her.
0: Yeah, it. I firmly believe this. And while it's not a hundred percent true for everybody, the top two reasons people get divorced are money and sex, Mm -hmm. right? We're in the money industry, right? Financial services. So money being a top reason for divorce, we've got to talk more about spouses and financials and what's important to them. Like really getting into like, is this really important? Like none of this like high level crap, like seriously having a conversation, like, no, the Gucci purse is really important to me. And it might be like women listening. I didn't mean that like jokingly, like maybe you are a collector of purses. Cool. Great. Now your husband knows that. And like that shouldn't be
1: something that you're like ashamed of or hide or afraid of. That just becomes the outlet for like, where your extra financial dollars go. Like the converse of that might be, like the husband enjoying playing golf. Golf is a flipping expensive sport where you have to buy significantly expensive clubs, and every time you go out, it costs a decent chunk of change.
0: Right, and to you know that going into this, right, like now you're like, okay, so if if we know that these are the things that we value, why are we spending? a dollar here, which takes us to number two here, right? Applying those values now to your financial world. So now that you both are on the same page, where is it you're spending money that you both don't really care about, but really haven't stopped to really look at? Or, what purchases have you like? Right? Have you bought the nice car and you don't even give a crap about cars? Like, I've I've told the story before when I started looking at cars, I started looking at Porsches. And Diane, my wife goes, Why are you looking at a Porsche? You don't even care about cars. (laughs) Right? At the time, I was like, Well, I'm making good money. It kind of sounds fun to drive the Porsche. And, And to be fair, it would have been fun to drive it for a day or two, but long term, I wouldn't have cared. I mean, like, why did I just spend six figures on a car?
1: Right. Well, and it's, it's one of those things where, like, that becomes society imprinting upon you something that is what successful people do.
0: Was 100% the case. Not going to lie.
1: And, and like, that is exactly the scenario of like, what we're trying to talk about here and what we're trying to avoid. Like, another example of that, and it, like, it's ironic because this is almost a very, very similar example. Was When I was 17, we were on a family trip and my dad goes, hey, Alex, let's go drive a half hour or an hour over to this other town and check out this car. I was like, no, I want to hang out and play at the lake. What you don't even like cars. Why are you doing this? And like, I've fought with him and basically said, no, turns out what he wanted to go look at was an older Porsche and he was looking at it as like buying this car for me. And I was like, "No, I would love to own a Porsche and have that be my car." But we he was looking at a car from like the 70s or early 80s or maybe even later. And like he looked at another one like 6 months later. And I was like, "Thankfully I was mature enough at the time to to have this conversation with my dad and basically say, "Hey, look, That would be awesome and amazing. I would love that. However, how long does it take that car to warm up? And he goes, oh, 10, 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, cool. What would happen if I drove that car without allowing it to warm up properly? He goes, I don't know. Let me ask. And he asked, and the answer is it would essentially destroy the car in not that long a time period. Right. And I was like, hey, dad, I appreciate that you understand that I like that type of a car. And you're trying to like help me achieve one of my dreams. But as a 17 year old, I can't be given my dream. And I also know I will not take care of it. And therefore, I would destroy it. Right. That's not okay.
0: <laughs> no. And, you know, the whole point for those of you listening that enjoy cars, we're not saying don't go buy a nice car. That's actually the, the opposite of what we're saying. We're saying buy the stuff that you actually enjoy and stop buying the stuff that you don't care about.
1: When the, the big takeaway is actually you can't do everything. Focus on the thing that you care about. So if it's cars or purses or golf or whatever, great, do that and make it a priority. But it's likely going to mean that you're not going to have the really big house or be able to do some of the other things. At least right away. Right. And and so much of financial planning is making sure that we adhere to, like, the basic concepts and allowing the basic concepts to then give us the freedom to be able to spend our money however we want with what's remaining. And the trick is making sure that we don't do all of the things at the same time. Don't go get the car and the big house and all the travel and all the, like, nightlife and, like, days out and
0: whatnot Figure out what is important to you and focus on that. And I'll just segue into our third point here because you brought up the word freedom, being okay with it, and when I'm, and why I'm segueing using the word freedom and being okay with it is when you know take for instance my my thing with looking at the Porsche. Like I actually went to the dealership, test drove the Porsche was like almost going to buy it. And then I had like Diane, like screaming at me and I happened to go home and not buy it. And she called me out on it. She's like, what does that even mean? And she, she even said, you're just getting it because of the looks and you're hoping like people maybe look at you differently or maybe say, Oh, there's a successful person. And in the end, and this is what's even key. And I read this in um, I didn't, Morgan Housel said this, if those of you not read his uh, psychology of money book, definitely check that out. And he said, he used to be a valet person, like where he would, you'd go up to the hotel or the restaurant. He would take your car, go park it and bring it back to you when you're done. Right. And he said, not once did I ever look at the person and think they're cool. I looked at the car and said, the car was cool. Right, and that um, that really rang home true in this. So my wife called me out on that. Like, I had to be okay with like, okay, I didn't need the Porsche. Who cares what other people are seeing? Being okay with myself, being free, and being with who I am and what I value—that's the key. And oh my gosh, it's so difficult in the world we live in. Right, but at the same time, like, just that one
1: decision is going to help you get to your goal of being able to own a property on an Island so much quicker, which is really the thing that you care about. And so as a result, like it's, we have to be okay with prioritizing the things that we're going to prioritize and letting go of the stuff that is maybe flashy, but isn't it's what society
0: is telling us,
1: not what we actually care about.
0: And that's the hard part. Like number one is a hard conversation to have with your wife or husband, right? Number two, actually applying what you say is, is, is important to you, to your financial world. And number three is being okay with it. Number three might be the hardest one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not as though one and two are exactly like the easiest thing in the world. No, all of them are difficult, which is why <laughs> we have such financial issues in America. That's right? one of. I, I mean, I I analyzed this, and this is weird for me to use that word considering <laughs> who Alex is versus me. But like, I went and I was te- I texted Jessica, Alex, I texted Andrew, I texted my parents, I texted like a bunch of people to say, "Am I off on this?" and I'm going to make it, uh, I'd love to hear if you disagree with this statement, Alex. I think if people actually did these three steps while working with a financial planner, don't get me wrong, and and I'm sure this is going to come out biased, like would help help you, you would still be financially successful if you applied these three elements to your financial world, period. I would suggest that
1: you know more than the average person and you're forgetting all of the things that you know. So the principles that we adhere to from a financial planning
0: standpoint. But if you don't have these principles, it, you're not gonna get to that financial success. That's my point. Uh, Agreed. Just following these three rules, you're not gonna get
1: there by, yourself, by, the, by itself. But without these three rules, it's gonna be really, really, really challenging to, to obtain. Even if you follow all of the rest of the principles. because you're constantly going to be chasing something. It's as though like all of the rest of the stuff is going to be like a fad diet to try and accomplish what you're being told to do as opposed to what you want to accomplish.
0: Love it. I think it's a great way to end and let's take us to the question of the day, Alex.
1: Our question today is, do your your money habits fit your values?
0: Why or why not? We hope you received value out of today's episode. If you have any questions or if you have a topic that you would like for us to speak about on the podcast, make sure you head to holistic-finance.com. And at the bottom of that page, there's a way for you to engage with us there. If you're active on social media, you can find our Facebook page at Holistic QFP. We tend to be active there. And as always, we hope that you have a good rest of your day, and make it a great day.
2: This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Park Avenue Securities, LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850. Portland, Oregon, 97201. Phone number 503-221-1226. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Berklow, AR Insurance License number 15319412. CA Insurance License number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, AR Insurance License number 7264699. CA Insurance License number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2022-137152. Expiration April 2024.